Welcome to Kingdom Talk Radio Hour with Dennis McCord, founder of God Hope Ministries, along with co-host Dr. Michael Bogart, president of Aspect Ministries. Kingdom Talk is where Christ is King, and we are the subjects and citizens of the Kingdom of God. Yes, welcome once again to Kingdom Talk Radio on 1550KXDX, the best talk in town every Saturday from 12 to 1. Here we are in Central California. We're broadcasting throughout the valley on up into the mountains. We are bringing good news. That is the good news of the gospel of the kingdom of God. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, we're proclaiming the good news here. And there is good news. In the midst of the darkness, the light shines the brightest. You know, in Isaiah, the prophet, he said, behold, darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon us. Hallelujah. You know, so this is the thing about kingdom talk. We're not shrinking back from talking about the kingdom of God and reading scriptures and presenting the hope that we have in Christ Jesus today. In this dark world, there is a city set on a hill which cannot be hid. Yes, brothers and sisters, that's you and I. Those who are following Jesus and are citizens of the kingdom of God. You know, uh, I have a guest on his way in here, uh, Dom Sanchez from Urban Ministry. And um, we're going to be talking about uh, deliverance in Jesus' name today here in Fresno. There was an article that came out on CNN.com. Yes, I actually looked at it. And, um, uh, And the thing is, it's called In Fresno... In Fresno's meth hell, there's no antidote. This is this is the the article. It was a national article. Um, it's on CNN.com, and they're saying Fresno's hell where there is no antidote. Well, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, there is an antidote, and his name is Jesus, Jesus Christ, our hope. This article talks about how a sheriff deputy here in Fresno goes out one evening and everyone that he talked to was addicted to methamphetamine. And uh, the article says that there's no way out. They can't be delivered. They're addicted to drugs. They're addicted to meth. There's no hope for them. They're going to be a lifetime addicts. Well, let me tell you, I'm an example of somebody who got off of drugs. I actually took meth 40 years ago and I have been set free in Jesus' name. You know, uh, also uh, uh, in, in smoking pot, and I was a cocaine addict uh, uh, for about three or four years. And for 40 years, to God's glory, by his grace, I have been sober. I've been clean by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, who came into my life, came into my heart, he cleansed me, he forgave me, he set me free, and he empowered me with the Holy Spirit to walk in obedience. Hallelujah. And that's for every one of us. We all have our testimonies, those who are believers in Jesus. And um, the reality is, is that if you're uh, out there and you're addicted to drugs, whether it's meth or heroin, doesn't matter what it is, fentanyl, my goodness, there is a scourge across America. It's called fentanyl, and it is deadly. I read an article that so far this year across America... There are 100,000 deaths from fentanyl, and it takes less than a a few little specks of this drug to kill somebody uh, when it's the wrong dose. And so um, it is deadly, and it is killing hundreds of thousands of Americans, let alone across the world. 
who knows how many are dying. Now, the thing is, is that uh, we have this pandemic uh, uh, of, of COVID that's happening across uh, our world and in our nation, and we're having deaths. And I think, I don't know the exact numbers of deaths this year uh, uh, of COVID, but I, I'm thinking that it's it's less or only equal to the deaths of fentanyl. 100,000 deaths from drug overdose of fentanyl across America. It's unbelievable what's going on in our country. We need to be rising up and setting the captives free in Jesus' name. Now, our government is, you know, uh, pushing mandates. They're they're uh, wanting people to wear masks. Uh, they're pushing the vaccine uh, and even mandating it to the tune of people losing their jobs over a mandate over uh, the uh, the flu, the, the, the coronavirus, uh, which is deadly and it is dangerous. Um, but what in the world uh, are is our government doing uh, with regards to really intervening uh, with this scourge of fentanyl deaths across the nation? Uh, and so um, that's, that's really the question uh, uh, with regards to uh, what's a priority. And the reality is, is that um, there is a also a pandemic of ignorance and a pandemic of of deception that's happening across our nation. And there's a polarization that's happening. You know, we read in the Olivet Discourse, which is in Matthew 24, it's in Mark 13, and it is in Luke 21. In the Olivet Discourse, we read the very first line when Jesus starts to speak there with regards to what's coming upon the world. You're familiar with Matthew 24, the Olivet Discourse, where he gives warnings about what's coming on the earth, famines, earthquakes, wars, rumors of wars, all of this that is coming. And then he talks about his second coming. The very first line is, let no man deceive you. Wow. That really jumped out at me. Take heed that no man deceive you. And then he goes into, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in many places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended. They shall fall away and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise and deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall grow cold. But he that endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. Again, in verse 8 there of Matthew 24, he says, these are the beginning of birth pangs. And so we do see that there is an increase, an increase of frequency and an increase of intensity with birth pangs leading up to the birthing of a baby, the Braxton Hicks, they call them. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how they feel, but uh, I know that it's painful according to my wife. And so the thing is, is that when these birth pangs get more intense and they're more frequent. It's leading up to the birthing of something. 
And this is what we're experiencing today in America and around the world is an increase of birth pangs. We see these birth pangs throughout the church age. Uh, we see this uh, going on, uh, uh, you know, back even, uh, you know, in the Middle Ages, you know, with the Black Plague and, and wars and everything that's gone on over the last 2,000 years, certainly AD 70 and the destruction of Jerusalem was a birth pang, a major birth pang. And uh, really the beginning of many throughout the last 2,000 years. But these birth pangs have increased and uh, they are uh, really uh, happening now. We see it. You know, World War I was a major birth pang. World War II was a major birth pang. And then there was a lull. And we had, you know, some, some uh, challenges. We've had the scourge of AIDS and uh, various other uh, challenges. Uh, Vietnam War, the Korean War and such. But then there's been a lull. We've had a time of prosperity and peace in the sense of really relatively peace, relative prosperity uh, compared to other times. But then all of a sudden we have uh, COVID-19, which is a strong birth pain. We have earthquakes happening in Haiti and, and, and other places that are causing major damage. We have famines that have happened over the last 50 years in Africa. And, and so we see all these things coming to pass. And of course, then we have the civil unrest with the George Floyd uh, incident that caused uh, civil unrest and the lawlessness. And right here, um, uh, Jesus says in Matthew 24, he says, because lawlessness shall increase, the love of many shall grow cold. And that's exactly what we're seeing today uh, in our world. And it's leading to people being full of anxiety, full of fear. Um, It says that uh, men's hearts shall fall fail them because of fear of what's coming on the earth. So this anxiety and this uh, uncertainty um, and lack of identity and lack of community, uh, which is which is breaking down, is causing a pandemic of drug addiction. And so we have uh, Dom here from Urban uh, Ministries, Urban, yeah, Story. Urban Story, Urban Story. And uh, Dom, <clears throat> uh, you know, we, we, I shared with you an article that came out uh, and I was just talking about that. Uh, to our listeners um, mm-hmm. on CNN.com. In Fresno's meth hell, there's no antidote. That's what CNN's. There's no antidote to the meth hell in Fresno. What do you think about that? I think there is an antidote. I think it's just that people in the world have no idea how to get there because the way in which you cure a problem that has to do with the soul is through the church. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Through Jesus Christ. Right. And when the church rises to the occasion... People, it says in the Bible that he puts a solitary in families. Yes, he does. And one of the biggest things that why people take drugs is because they 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 have a lack of family, and that's what I've noticed in the Boy, in Fresno. Come on, that is so true. I was just talking to a young man this morning, um, and um, we were talking about how that some people say that. You know, in Portugal, for example, mm. there's no Ill, drugs are not illegal at all. Okay, but they have less drug addiction than they have in America. Yeah, but in Portugal, they have strong families. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so, uh, the reason we bring that up is because there is this push towards legalizing marijuana, legalizing mm-hmm. psilocybin, which is a, a mushroom. I took those when I was younger, forty yeah. years ago. Okay, I, I was just sharing with the audience that you know I was I was addicted to cocaine. I was taking smoking marijuana. Yeah. So there is an antidote, and his name is Jesus, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I've experienced it personally. I have been sober for forty. By God's grace, I have been sober. Hallelujah. 
by the power of the Holy Spirit, I've been set free for 40 years. Yeah. By the, in the name of Jesus. How about you? Have you ever taken drugs before, Don? Uh, I did marijuana, but I got I saved at 15 and a half. Oh, so that's I didn't, so I, good. And man. I was always afraid of doing drugs because I know that my dad had a, a substance abuse pro- problem with yeah. methamphetamine. Good for you, though. Mm. I'm so, so glad that you were not caught up into that. But yeah, I didn't get caught up into it. But uh, definitely, if I would have gone down that path, I, I think that's another reason why the Lord snatched me out at a young age uh, was because right before I kind of made a turn in my life for the worst. Yeah. God kind of snatched me out where I got expelled wow. uh, from all my schools. So, right. um, yeah, I didn't go down that path because I had just started getting into drugs, smoking wow. marijuana and stuff. And God pulled you out for the ministry too. Yeah. He yeah. set you apart so that you can be doing what you're doing, which is going in with the antidote to yeah. meth addiction. Contrary to mm-hmm. what CNN says here, again, a national article yeah. In Fresno's meth hell, there's no antidote. And 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 you read the article, you saw a little video there, and uh, this sheriff deputy is going through Fresno, mm-hmm. and everybody that he encounters that night on the street is addicted to meth. Yeah. Are you running into that at all? Do you know anybody that's taking meth? <laughs> there's a lot of people. It's not just people that are homeless on the streets. It's normal people who are living in houses. Uh, I know I took one individual in who used to be a drug addict, um, used to live on Skid Row and was living in a tent with this drug dealer. It's kind of beginning of his testimony. Took him to some neighborhoods doing home visits, uh, some what we do with Urban Story. Mm-hmm. And he was like, man, it's really surprising to me that pretty much everybody here is doing drugs. And I was like, how do you know that? He says, I can tell. Like, so He went out with jealous. you on yeah. your home visitation, which Urban Story yeah. does. You're, that's your ministry. You're mm-hmm. going door to door. You're going yeah. in, you're going into their homes, you're sitting in their living room, you're getting to know them, you're building a relationship, mm-hmm. you're, 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 you're spending time with them. I mean, love yeah. is spelled T-I-M-E, right? Yeah. And you're learning their story. And, and then exactly. you're bringing his story, the gospel mm-hmm. to them. And so you brought him with you and yeah. he's picking up on it right away. Oh, picking up on it right away, you know, because he uh, lived in a tent city and all that. And I mean, when you do drugs, you can recognize when somebody is on drugs. Yeah. And so it's a bigger it's a widespread issue that's it's even the same issue as homelessness, right? Mm-hmm. It's like there's the people that you see on the streets and then there's the people that are unseen who are living in their cars or living outside. Right. Same thing with drugs and methamphetamine. Right. There's people that you see on the street that are really strung out and then you have like the normal everyday people that, hold that are living down. inside their houses that they have a house or have an apartment and they're holding down a job but they're struggling with uh, drug addiction. Or maybe they're not even uh, working. They have um, some sort of government assistance coming in, and but yeah. yet they're they're addicted to meth. Exactly. Now, meth is the big problem. Is It's cheap. It's easy to get. It's mm-hmm. super inexpensive. And, um, and so this young man, so he was on meth. You took him in. What do you mean? What does that mean, take him in? Uh, which were, uh, I had a volunteer that came with me. Okay, so he came. Yeah, with yeah, yeah, and he, uh, you know, got saved. The power of God touched him in a wow. hospital when they said he was going to die. He was addicted to heroin. Oh my god! And um, basically, he got on his knees for ten days straight, pr- cried out to the Lord, and the Lord uh, saved him from an abscess that was traveling into his heart. How old was he? Uh, Twenty six. And uh, he was addicted to heroin. Addicted to heroin since like nineteen or eighteen, something like that. And they were saying that. That, uh, that 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 he was going to die if he yeah if you was, take another hit of heroin you're gonna you're gonna die because the abscess it's going to travel into your heart and they were like you know you have a chance that you're going to die now you in know the what, hospital the one thing that actually helped me get sober was I, I just viewed it as 
suicide. If I was to, yeah, you, you know, snort another line of cocaine, or if I was to uh, uh, take drugs again, that I was yeah. basically putting a gun to my head. Now it might take a day, it might take a week, it might take a year, it might take five yeah. years or ten years, but I was headed to hell on a fast track, and mm-hmm. um, I knew that if I didn't get off these drugs, <clears throat> that um, that I was going to end, I was end up in an institution of some sort, either jail or a mental institution, or I'd be dead. Yeah. So I, I knew that that was the case. And then these scriptures, you know, this is the thing. The word of God is alive. It's powerful. Mm-hmm. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So the word of God is what sets free. Yeah. And so... Um, there's the um, account uh, there, Jesus, uh, on the Sermon on the Mount. He says, if, he says, if your right eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. If your right yeah. hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. He's basically saying, do whatever it takes to get set free. If it takes plucking your eye out, pluck your eye out. If it takes cutting your hand off, Cut your hand off, uh, and so, so, um, so the thing is, is um, uh, the reality is, is that it's the word of God that that sets us free. It says in 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 Psalms, uh, in Proverbs, it says, uh, "Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way?" And it says, "By taking heed thereto, according to your word." So, how does a young man? How does an old man get set free? By listening to God's word and then obeying in faith. Yeah. Yeah. And you've experienced that as you're going out in Fresno. You're going right into the belly of the beast. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you're going into these homes and you're seeing families that are addicted to drugs. And you're seeing that in their mind, they're thinking there's no hope. So how do you, what's the antidote? How do you bring that hope? The antidote is relationship where people who are called by God are yeah. filled with the spirit, with the word of God in their mouth speaking the word of God on a consistent basis. And the the other part is allowing the Holy Spirit to move because at the end of the day, it says no man comes to the Father except if the Holy Spirit draws them. Yeah. So it's like you said, the word, you know, when I got saved, I used to tell people, I said, if I stop reading the word of God today, mm. then um, I would go back exactly Come how on. I was before because I had tried to get saved bef- before and yeah. start following Christ, but yeah. I never read the word of God. And I remember... Um, calling one of my mentors, Diane Tarleton, been in my life since, you know, before I was even born. And uh, I would, during my childhood, I had things that were going on and I would call her for counsel and she would say, hey, what have you been reading? And I said, well, what do you mean? What have I been reading? And she goes, have you been reading the word? And I'd be like, well, I just want you to talk about my problems, right? But the word of God is the solution for your problems. And I think sometimes a lot of these people that are on the streets, a lot of people that are on drugs, they've got satisfied where they're at in their problems. And so when they take drugs, they, they meditate upon their problems. When they're coming off of drugs, they're meditating and they've got consumed with all of the things that have been done to them and the experiences that they've had in their life. But what the word of God comes in and does is it comes in, like you said, it's sharper than any two-edged sword dividing between bone and marrow, soul and spirit. And so the word of God is the solution, but I think people have to get comfortable. They have to let go of the past. Well, the thing is, and that's the, well, go ahead. That's the thing is like, you know, when I was calling Diane, I was, I was calling her saying, you know, I don't want, I don't want to talk about the solution. I want to talk about 
more of the past, right? And I think that's the, one of the keys to getting to getting over drug addiction and any addiction is you have to let go of the past and let what God has for you come in. And when you read the word, yeah. Forgetting those things which are behind Mm -hmm. and pressing towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah. We have to, we have to, we have to move forward. We have to find healing and move forward. Exactly. Healing comes through the blood of Christ, meaning his death, his burial, his resurrection. It's the gospel, which is the power of God unto deliverance from drugs. It's the power of God unto salvation to all those who believe. This is the antidote. The gospel of the kingdom of God. Now, yeah. the thing is, drugs do open the door to the demonic as well. Not just those negative thoughts, right? Yeah. You know, not just anxiety, but spiritual darkness. It's a door opener. The word yeah. for sorcery in the Greek, in the New Testament, is pharmakia. We get our word pharmacy, meaning drugs. And so yeah. drugs do open that door, don't they? Yeah, I'll share my own story Uh for the short time of doing marijuana, I had an ex- a spiritual experience. Um, I think it was the second time that I smoked marijuana. And I remember walking down the hallway of my friend's house and I saw a bright light come at me and then come inside me. And from there, I had a tremendous you amount saw, of... What was it you saw uh, again? Bright light, wow. you know, whatever it was, yeah. came came down the hallway and then came inside of me. And I remember having a tremendous amount of anxiety, fell asleep that oh, night, but gosh. didn't actually fall asleep, but kept talking to all the friends and stuff about d- different things. And I was like, oh, I thought I was asleep, right? But I was actually awake. And later on, when I gave my life to Christ, trying to fa- fast forward, I had to deal with demonic things in my life after that. And that's what I tell the youth a lot of times. I say right now, when you take drugs, when you smoke marijuana, when you do these things, they open up doorways for the enemy to come into your come life, on. into your body. Yeah in order to torment you. And so what you see with a lot of people who uh, specifically smoke marijuana, I'll ask them, hey, are you having bad dreams? Because that's the first thing that happens. The enemy comes into your dream space. He comes into your mind space. You get anxiety. You get depression. And it increases those things. And I remember I was uh, in my room and I, I was recreating the worship service that I had encountered during the camp uh, time where I got mm-hmm. saved. And uh, every night I would lay down my head. I would hear voices. I would hear like have shadows swirling above my head. And mm-hmm. I had to I had to take that word of God and I had to declare the word and I had to become delivered. But it was by the word of God. But yeah, that's what I tell people is that, you know, you think, oh, yeah, I'm just going to take marijuana or I'm just going to do this. And, you know, there's not going to be any lasting side effects, but there actually is. Mm. No, no question about it. You know, and the thing is, with what's going on with this legalization of everything, mm-hmm. legalization of marijuana, um, uh, it's just causing further deception. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was reading bef- before you came on. I was reading out of the Olivet Discourse there in Matthew twenty-four, and you know, uh, you know, Jesus says, you know, let no man uh, deceive you, and many false prophets shall arise and deceive many. Second Thessalonians talks about mm-hmm. uh, God shall send strong delusion. Um, that uh, that those that uh, that receive not a love for the truth would believe a lie. Yeah. So there's a strong deception going on, and part of that is the whole drug culture that's happening. And, mm-hmm. and one of the other drugs that they're pushing on the media, which is really an agent of deception, largely, largely yeah. the media is lies and deception, largely, not exclusively, but mostly, uh, and not even necessarily mostly, but there's too much deception going on. Yeah. And so the thing is, is that um, they're pushing uh, the legalization and the so-called attributes of 
of, of psilocybin, which is the uh, psychedelic drug that comes out of mushrooms, certain mm-hmm. mushrooms, psychedelic mushrooms, okay? And um, I've taken those before when I was a young man in my teens, mm-hmm. and uh, it definitely opens the door to the demonic. It's, it's, it's a psychedelic drug mm-hmm. um, and very similar to LSD, and it's really damaging. Yeah. It's damaging to your psyche, which is the word in the Greek is suke, meaning soul. It's a damaging to your soul. You mentioned the soul earlier. You know how that that people's it's a soul problem. Mm-hmm. It's not a a uh, a problem that, that that even you know science can 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 figure out. It's a spiritual soulish problem that needs to be dealt with by the antidote of the Holy Spirit and the gospel of the kingdom. Yeah, and so the thing is, is that the damage that can be done by these drugs, psilocybin. Uh, they're, they're micro people are microdosing, where they take a little bit each day. If they're dealing with depression, there's people that are dealing with, you know, diagnosis of cancer and so on. And they're taking large doses and finding relief and so on. Um, but people are taking it for anxiety and psychological problems. And I think it's really dangerous and it's not something that we should be promoting, uh, at all. And, uh, and it just creates more deception. And, and that's what we're dealing with in our society today. Now, um, I mentioned earlier about, about COVID deaths and so on. There's actually been, uh, I guess, according to this, there's been 700 and it's interesting, 777,000 deaths so far with COVID uh, in the United States. Um, and so I'm pretty sure this is, I'm looking here online. Uh, yeah, this is for the United States. And so um, there's been 48 million cases now how many millions of cases are there of drug addiction of drug use mm-hmm. in our country you know um now there's been a hundred thousand just bu- deaths just with fentanyl an opioid that mm-hmm. is killing people daily in america this year and it's, the year's not even over a hundred thousand yeah. deaths there have been well over seven hundred and seventy seven thousand deaths due to alcoholism, due to yeah. drug addiction um, in America. And why is that not a priority? Because um, not disclosing drug addiction and the, and the loss of life with that makes money. That's, boy, you nailed it right there. And promoting COVID makes money. Big pharma. So it's whatever makes money. Big And I think that's where you pharma. see it. There's no, no question about it. My gosh. <laughs> No, that's that's true. You know, big pharma is a big problem because it's not just the yeah. illicit drugs. How many people are addicted to pharmaceuticals through prescription? You know, it's it's there's there yeah. are there are hundreds of thousands, I think, of people that are addicted to drugs that are prescribed. Yeah. And and uh, and it just causes more of a dumbing down of America and just people becoming spiritually asleep and deceived. Yeah. And that's what's going on in our culture today is mm-hmm. that there's a massive deception, you know, uh, about, you know, finding our solution through the government, you know, through social justice. We're going to change the world by, by uh, government grants, you know, by, mm. by taxing higher taxes and then redistributing yeah. wealth. You know, uh, they're, they're, those problems are not going to be solved by the government. Yeah. The grants don't go to the individuals. The grants go to the institutions and the programs. Exactly. The programs don't help people. People help people. And the gospel. 
Yeah, and people people carry the gospel. Exactly. So what is the antidote for the world today? It's people who carry the gospel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's like, but nowadays, it's like you ask somebody, the average person in the church. Yeah. I'm not talking about like churches that are on fire for God. Just the average church in America. What yeah. is the gospel? They probably couldn't even tell you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, that's the thing is that we're here to share the gospel mm-hmm. of the kingdom of God. And, you know, brothers and sisters, you're listening to kingdom talk radio here that's 1550 kxex the best talk in town every saturday from 12 to 1 here and uh, you can also join us on facebook uh, you can join us on youtube at kingdom talk or you can email us at kingdom talk at gmail.com so then yes the thing is is that uh, we talk about the gospel being the power of god uh and uh we are yeah. preaching the gospel of the kingdom so what is the gospel dom the gospel is Jesus Christ went to the cross, yes. died at the cross, yes, and took on the shame, took on the condemnation, mm-hmm. took on the pain <clears throat> in order so that we could come to a relationship with him. It's come not on. even really about eternal life in a sense. Mm. It's about relationship with Jesus now, Christ because now, that is today, the eternal life. Today, are you saying, Dom, <laughs> that someone right now listening to this program, they're driving down Highway 41 and they are addicted to drugs? Mm-hmm. Are you saying that they could enter into a relationship with the living God right now? Exactly. Through faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah. What did Jesus do for him? He's addicted to drugs. What did Jesus do? Well, how is Jesus going to help him? Uh, Jesus, Jesus died so that they could come into his presence. In his presence is transformative power. So are you saying that sin causes death and that Jesus was righteous and holy and he took our place, all yeah. of us, and died? paid the price for our sin against the holy God. He died. And then it didn't end there in the grave, did it? No, he rose again. He rose again and then he ascended into heaven. He poured out the Holy Spirit. Exactly. So, so, so ma'am, uh, sir, you're listening to this radio program right now and you're dealing with a drug addiction, a sexual addiction, a gambling addiction. You're dealing with bondage to sin, maybe depression, broken relationships, financial uh, just disarray, confusion, anxiety. There's an antidote today in Fresno. Yes, even in the meth hell of Fresno, there is an antidote and his name is Jesus Christ. And he died that you would live. You know, the freedom that we have in Christ is a freedom that no government can give. And it's a freedom that no government can take away. We have freedom in Christ Jesus. He said today, He says to you today, he says, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me on you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Are you carrying a burden today? Jesus says, come unto me, call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. There is forgiveness. There is freedom in Christ right now, today, not tomorrow, not tomorrow. Even five minutes from now, right now, call on the name of the Lord. Will you believe on Jesus Christ today, sir, ma'am? He's calling out to you, James, Tom, Mary. He's calling out to you. He's saying, I love you. I died for you. I rose again. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. I don't, if you're listening to this program and you're a Hindu, you're a Buddhist, let me tell you this. Buddha did not rise from the dead. Confucius did not rise from the dead. Muhammad did not rise from the dead. Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed King of kings and Lord of lords, rose 
from the dead. We have an account of it. We have witnesses that ate with him after he rose from the dead. They saw him ascend into heaven. Put your trust in Jesus and you have freedom today in Christ. And that's the hope that we have, isn't it? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And so the thing is, is that people, you know, uh, are, are sometimes, you know, we're in church and we're all Christianized and all that. And we are, are, are talking churchianity and we uh, look like we have it all together. Uh, uh, but, but we recognize that, uh, as Paul said, such were some of you. He lists, you know, uh, basically uh, thieves, uh, those who are immoral, okay, uh, homosexuals, you know, uh, those who are addicted to sin. He says, and such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified by the name of the Lord and by the spirit of our God. So we do need to always remember, you know, uh, who delivered us and, and be mindful and full of gratitude for that salvation that we have, don't we? Yeah. And like you said, forgetting those things which are behind and mm-hmm. pressing towards those things which are before and reaching forth unto the high, the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, um, the thing is, you mentioned, uh, Dom, about that really the answer is people, people with the gospel, and that we're to go where people are. That's what Jesus did, didn't he? Yeah. He left the 99, he went after the one, okay? Mm-hmm. And so what is it you're doing? How are you doing that? How are you going and finding that one yeah, we go and uh, do power evangelism, yeah. evangelism through healing, evangelism through prophecy, deliverance, right, in specific neighborhoods. And mm-hmm. then from there, we don't just stop and say, okay, we did a good job. We went out and we, you know, did what we were supposed to. Yeah. Now we go back, right, yeah. and we finish the job and we start doing home visits to those people that we met and we really build the church. It's not just one evangelistic trip. It's about evangelizing, then Evangelize, then going out and discipling and then multiplying. Yeah, that's so that's the goal and doing it with the local church. So Urban Story really is just a bridge to say, hey, these are where the people are. Come to where the people are. You know, there's a uh, there's a, a joke about a pastor that um, uh, that told his secretary. You know, first of all, he got a, he was a golfer. He golfed all the time, or right? he liked to golf a lot, right? Yeah. And so he had his own golf cart. And so he named the golf cart visitation. So he'd tell his secretary, if anybody calls, tell him I'm out on visitation. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the reality is, is that that's a big part of the ministry is visitation. Pastoral yeah. visitation is and not just pastoral, but just body visitation um, is so critical and part of our healing and salvation in Christ and the benefits of the kingdom of God is to have that community. He says, if any of you are sick, let them call for the elders um, to come and, and, and anoint them with oil and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. So you call for the elders to come, to come to your home and to do life together. Yeah. And even for those who are in Christ already, visitation is, is important. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think sometimes people are praying, Lord, let revival kind of like descend on us, oh right? Yep. And God's saying, hey, you're missing the point. If you're like, pray that the Lord will go to that person in their hotel room by themselves and, and ha- they have an encounter, on. right? And yeah, they may have an encounter, but that defeats the purpose of what God wants to do in you. Because what God wants to do in you, he's, he wants you to be activated to fulfill the calling and the purpose that God's placed upon your life, which revolves around the gospel. It's oh like, my gosh. If, if, okay, if we get saved, right? Yep. 
And why doesn't God just beam us up to heaven? Well, he keeps us here because he's got a mission. He's got a calling. He's got a destiny upon our life. And it's revolving around bringing people into the kingdom. It is. It is. It's that. But it is also our own personal sanctification and growth. We want to grow up into the fullness of the measure of the statue of Christ. So it's both and. It is our own development. But it's, it's so that we can be those who are delivering others. You know, we cry out. You, you, that was the Holy Spirit you going right there because that's exactly where I wanted to go. I think the Lord wants us to go is that, you know, there's a scripture in Obadiah 21. It says, and deliverers in the plural shall come upon Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau, and the kingdom shall be the Lord's, Yahweh's. Deliverers in the plural shall come upon Mount Zion, and it says, it says uh, to judge the Mount of Esau, and the kingdom shall be Yahweh's. It shall be God's. It shall be the Lord's. That word deliverers there is the word Yasha, uh, and it means that to be a deliverer. It means to avenge. Um, it means to bring salvation, to get victory. Jesus' name is Yeshua. And this word yeah. here in Obadiah, very, it's the smallest book of the Bible. It's very obscure. It's the very end of the chapter, one chapter. And it's prophesying of deliverers coming upon the Mount, uh, 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 deliverers coming uh, on Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau. Now, mm. I believe that's prophesying of uh, the return of the Lord with his ten thousands of his saints, okay? And so Jesus is coming back, it says, with ten thousands of his saints. He says, uh, I would not that you be ignorant of this mystery, that this we have by the word of the Lord, that the Lord himself shall descend from heaven um, uh, uh, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, and and, and, uh, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the air to meet the Lord in the air. And then we then Christ descends upon Mount Zion with ten thousands of his saints, deliverers coming on Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau. Now, Jesus is coming back for deliverers, so that he can come back with deliverers. Mm-hmm. Isn't that so? We are called. And it's just to the point that you're making there, Dom. I think the Holy Spirit is is wanting us to emphasize is that. You know, we cry out to God. We say, God, oh, there's meth hell in Fresno. We say, God, there's people that are dealing with depression. Oh, God, heal them, save them, set them free. And God cries back to us and he says, go. You go yeah. and deliver them. And, and, and in Isaiah 61, it says, and, and Jesus read this. He quoted it, you know, and read it in, in Nazareth there at the beginning of his ministry in Luke 4, 16. He reads from Isaiah 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He's uh, anointed me to, 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 to bind up, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance. Hallelujah. To preach deliverance to the captives. Now that word deliverance is a thesis in the Greek and it means forgiveness, freedom. It, it means to be set free, to send forth, to forgive. It's the same word that's mm-hmm. translated forgiveness elsewhere. Um, but the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to bind up the broken heart, to, pre- to pre- preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty they that are bruised. So so we do have the antidote, don't we? And, yeah. and we are called to be deliverers. Like you said, God's sending us to go to where the one is, to leave the 99 and go after the one. You know, 
uh, the uh, the story there of the Good Samaritan. It says, you know, the self-righteous religious Levite saw this man beat up and suffering on the side of the road, and he, he didn't want to be ceremonial unclean, so he, you know, he religiously went on the other side of the street. And the same with the Pharisee. But, um, but the, uh, uh, the Samaritan went to where he was. He went to where he was. He went to where the pain was. He went to where the mess was. Yeah. He went in and poured in oil and wine. Okay? He poured in the antidote and the healing and then loaded him on his own beast, his donkey, and then carried him to the inn and then he paid for his place to stay and then said, if he's anything else, I'll pay it on my, on my way back. So, so that's really what we're called to do is to go to be those deliverers, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. And so when you're, when you're doing that now, when you're going out there and you're, you're going, you know, uh, from house to house, um, what are some of the dynamics that happen there? What, what are you experiencing? What are you seeing? What's going on in these homes? Yeah. I'm seeing the reason why people are on drugs. Yeah. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah. Because I think some people, they think, man, these people are on drugs. They're just rebellious and they're just, you know, they just, you know, there is rebellion, but they think it like comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of like the inspiration to an urban story is that there's always a cause to the effect that you see. Come on. And the cause is the heartache and the brokenness and the, and the disintegration of the family structure mm-hmm. and the, um, this, the culture of, of sin and depravity. The culture. Yeah. The culture. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's what. I see when I go there, I see poverty. I see fatherlessness. I see motherlessness and fatherlessness. I see people, fathers in prison. I see gang activity. I see um, homelessness. I see an environment that breeds more and more drug addiction, mm-hmm. more and more numbing of pain. Mm-hmm. And it really starts with the children. And it starts with the youth. That's where it starts with. Yeah. You know, and it's like <clears throat> we see the results of a generation of people that have been overlooked by society. And, you know, people will say, you know, well, the rich kids from this neighborhood are coming over and they're getting on drugs just the same. Well, where are they getting the drugs? They're getting it from these areas where people, you know, people don't don't go to. People don't spend time. People yeah. don't, you know what I'm saying? Not like the widespread church. I'm talking about the widespread, because we have to go to the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't go to the areas where it's like, these are the results of the problem. The root you know, being you're talking about the, the root hood is the is the, the areas where the where the heartache where the depravity is is yeah. coming from where the where the isolation the poverty is coming from right these are the places that we have to attack because these are the individuals that are then selling the drugs that are then trafficking right. the drugs and people from other areas are coming, coming in and they're getting drugs from going these back, areas and then going back yeah exactly now the poverty really is 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 a consequence of fatherlessness broken families it's a you know. It's a consequence of uh, drug addiction, and it's also a cause. So it's both. It can be both, and it can be both a cause and a consequence. Yeah. Um, and so um, there's multiple different types of poverty and reasons why people yes, are impoverished. That's absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not one, just one. Mm-hmm. But now the thing is, is that so you're going there. So God's raising you up as a deliverer, you know, as an evangelist, as a disciple maker, and the, and and we read in the book of Judges that these other people that were called deliverers, they were called Yasha, again, the Hebrew word for deliverer. And they were called judges in the book of Judges, right? But they're also called deliverers. Uh, Ehud, Deborah, Gideon, Jephthah, Samson, Barak, you know, um, all of these deliverers 
uh, that God raised up in the time of judges when they were under oppression. Mm-hmm. They were under the deception of the enemy, uh, the Midianites. And, you know, we read about Gideon, Gideon, you know, who, who uh, was a Yasha, a deliverer that uh, he says, I'm just the least of the tribes of the Israel. I'm the smallest of the tribes. I'm the least of, of, of Israel. And, and, and Jesus said, uh, rise up, O mighty man of valor. You know, and bring deliverance. He was hiding, you know, from the enemy uh, by a wine press, and uh, and God uh, called him uh, to be a deliverer and raised him up. And and you were hiding behind a wine press. You know, I was hiding behind a wine press when God called me. Mm-hmm. And 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 so when I go out and 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 share the gospel, like for example, when I was in Par- Paradise, California, when the city burnt down, I was there for a conference at YWAM uh, there in Chico, and. Uh, uh, it was a five-day conference, and we just, uh, within the first two hours, I looked at my friend who's a YWAM ship captain, and I said, let's go out into the community. We stepped out in the community, and uh, it was on fire. The, the place was, a, it was like a war zone. Uh, the whole town was destroyed. It's the largest, most destructive fire in the history of the United States. There were um, 18,000 structures destroyed. The city was decimated, not decimated, it was annihilated. Uh, uh, and... Um, and people are wandering around. There's men with a man, old men with their oxygen on, just with, walking through with a blanket around them. There's the children and, 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 and men and women that are roaming the streets. And uh, and by that, uh, by God's grace, um, we know there was a truck, a couple of little small little trucks that showed up in a parking lot. And um, and uh, they said, we don't know what to do with this stuff, you know. And so I looked at my friend and said, what do you think? You want to distribute this? And he said, yes. Yeah. So I called back to the YWAM conference and said, it was called the Presence Conference. I said, bring the presence to the community. Bring the conference mm-hmm. to the community. And 24-7, for, for multiple days, there were vans coming of young missionaries, deliverers, hallelujah, yashas, deliverers that Jesus is coming back for. Uh, they came and a van loads. We ended up, I ended up staying there for nine months. In Jesus' name, we ended up distributing uh, over $3 million worth of supplies to over 4,000 fire survivors. All in Jesus' name. Everyone that came got prayer. And we didn't just pat ourselves in the back and say it's over. We set up discipleship groups in yeah. coffee shops. And we went into the coffee shops and we uh, did discipleship Bible studies and connected with these people. I'm still yeah. connected today. I'm asking for prayer for Holly, who's the fire survivor who was, has burn scars and She's deeply wounded and, and needs uh, uh, healing and deliverance. She's having digestive problems. So please pray for Holly, uh, yeah. those who are listening, but but still connected with people that are that are uh, fire survivors. Um, and uh, so to just, it's just a simple step of obedience, isn't it? To, to go, yeah. to go, to be those who God is raising up. Uh, we've been set free, you know, in, 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 in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, it says the, Paul says that the God of uh, the, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the, the 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 Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may comfort those that are in any trouble, with the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. We could replace that. That's that word, uh, uh, parakleo. It's the same word for paraclete, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. In John fourteen, he says he'll send his Comforter. See, so we've been given the comforter so we can be comforters. And that word, uh, parakaleo, is the verb form of the word paraclete, 
which means comforter. And parakaleo is the word, the verb meaning to comfort. But it's in the Greek, it's, 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 um, it's, it's a p- compound word. Para means to come alongside, like a parachute. Mm-hmm. Okay, paratrooper. You come alongside, a parachurch. Parachurch, right? Come alongside. Yeah. You're a parachurch. You're actually the church. We're the church. I don't like that term, mm-hmm. parachurch, because those who are out, deliverers out in the community, they're bringing deliverance. We're not parachurch. We are the church. Mm-hmm. We're in the front lines. But they call them parachurch. Come alongside the church, right? So it's 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 parakaleo. It's that word kaleo is the word to encourage, to comfort, to encourage, to help. Yeah. Um to 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 help. And so 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 para uh parakaleo to to be comforters uh is that we've got we've received the paraclete, the comforter, the Holy Spirit. And the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may comfort yeah. those that are in any trouble with the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. We have been given the Holy Spirit, the comforter. The deliverer is the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ is the deliverer. He's the Savior. He's the Yasha, Yeshua, Jesus. He's the one. But we have Christ in us, Dom. Yeah. And so we're going out, and we're going out, and we're bringing that comfort. And I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm, I'm fully committed to going out with you. I'm going to talk to you more about it after the program. We're going to go out yeah. together, and I want to connect. I've done door-to-door myself where I go out and set up Bible studies and, and go and hang out in people's yeah. I, I a Mormon. I had a Mormon guy that was, uh, he had Mormons coming over. I ended up coming over, and I came on a regular basis and just sat in their home, and his elderly mother was there, just the two of them, and we would sit and open the scriptures, and I literally walked him through Joseph Smith being a false prophet and showed him from the Book of Mormon how that it, you don't want to, go there you want to be attached to the body of christ and so on and so the cults are doing it why aren't we doing it more we need to be out there yeah yeah and so so you are a deliverer god has raised you up just like those that we see in the book of judges but is there anything else on your heart you wanted to share with regards to what we're talking about which is the antidote here on kingdom talk radio 1550 kxcx the best talk in town every saturday from 12 to 1 we're here talking all things kingdom. We're talking about huh, the antidote in the meth hell of Fresno, according to CNN, where there is no antidote. Well, we're here to contradict CNN. It's not the first time. And we're mm-hmm. telling you that CNN is wrong. That's a lie from the pit of hell that there is hope. There is an antidote in Fresno. Huh, and there's a great hope. There are celebrate recovery meetings that are going on. Uh, across Fresno, across Fresno, there are celebrate recovery meetings. If you're dealing with drug addiction, call in the name of the Lord, call a pastor, call a church, find a celebrate recovery church um, uh, that is 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 meeting. I know that uh, Clovis Hills Community Church has uh, has a celebrate recovery meetings. Uh, but but uh, what what what's, what what do you want to add to this conversation regarding this? Yeah, um, I think it's what you said is that. People are looking for Christians who are filled with the Spirit, filled with the Word of God, to partner with them, to come alongside them. And I think in and of ourselves, we can't change people's lives. But when we come alongside people, when we partner with them, we allow the Holy Spirit to be able to move. You know, in James, it says that pure religion is to visit widows and orphans in their distress. Keep yourself untainted from the world. It doesn't say solve all their problems. It doesn't say, like, shake them until they get the Holy Ghost, right? 
it says to come alongside <laughs> them, to partner with them, to visit them, right? And it's and Jesus says like, hey, what, did you visit me when I was in prison, right? Mm-hmm. And it's about seeing the need and responding. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Doing Walking by the Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to say, hey, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do in the meth hell of Fresno? Come on. Now, and then responding. Now respond. Now what about you? But you need a doctorate in theology, don't you, to do that? You don't. The Holy Spirit. You don't need a They doctor. were unlearned men. That's what it said. Oh, come on. They were on. unlearned men, but they were filled with the Holy Spirit <laughs> I and love with it. the power of Jesus Christ. I remember I went to a conference once and, and there was a bunch of ministers there and everybody's given their, their um, yeah. repertoire. They're basically their, their titles and their yeah. education and all of that. You know, their letters behind their name and all that. And I got up and I said, uh, you know, I'm Dennis McCord and I'm an ignorant and an unlearned man, but I've been with Jesus. You know? Um, that's exactly right. But they, they, they took knowledge that, uh, that, that, that they'd been with Jesus and, and that they spoke with boldness, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing is to, is to, is to be bold, but, but to, to be humble, but to be also, um, just going just to go. And, and the qualifications are faith and faith includes obedience. So if you're living a life of faith and obedience, then go, you know? Yeah. Go. And, and even if you're not, God can still use you, you know, but, but, uh, as far as, you know, if you're still struggling with maybe some addiction or whatever, but, but the reality is, is that he has set, um, people free, uh, so that we can set others free, free people, set people free. Yeah. And, and, and so, um, you know, we, 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 we are recognizing that there is hope in Fresno. And, uh, one of the things that was brought to my attention is there's a, uh, a class going on reframing addiction uh and it's um an educational family recovery workshop to break the stigma around addiction uh and so i'm going to ask you to go online to totallifechangefresno.com uh and so if you're dealing with addiction uh go there even now or google celebrate recovery fresno uh and join in with one of these groups that are people that are comforters that are filled with the comfort of the Holy spirit and they can comfort and encourage you and lay hands on you, uh, and set you free in Jesus name. Um, so go to total life change, Fresno.com. Uh, and you can see about getting some help there, but definitely celebrate recovery is a good, a good option. Uh, even AA can be, it's a 12 step uh, program, but celebrate recovery is much more biblical. Um, and, and so really we can find that new identity in Christ, can't we? Rather than, you know, uh, our car, our money, our job, uh, even our drugs, there's really a new identity in Christ, isn't there, Dom? There is. Yeah, yeah. And so, so are you seeing people find that identity when, you, when you're out there and you're sharing the gospel and reading the word of God with them? And yeah, I think the biggest thing for the people is that they crave the word of God. Even yeah. when we go out to pray, wow. I'll start praying for somebody just impromptu during, you know, hey, let's pray for this guy. He's, he started talking to me about a problem in his life. Yeah. And people will come out like moths to a flame. Hey, can you pray for me? Can you pray for me? Wow. And that's how it's like once you let the Holy Spirit out, it's like the light shines shines brighter in the darkness. Yes. Yeah. That is the truth. And yeah. some people think it's going to be scary. I'm going to go there. But once you let the light out, you're going to see that people are going to flock. Hey, could you pray for me? Could you pray for this person? And that's where it kind of becomes like this thing where now you're visiting homes. And that's what I'm talking about, home visits. Yeah. Where you go out and you pray for one person and you become the light in the darkness and it just starts to let, latch on to more and more people. Now you have a revival because you're just being the light. 
Wow. Wow. You know, that's the thing is just to go. You know, Jesus said go. The first two letters of the gospel are G-O. Go. Yeah. The first two letters of God are G-O. Go. Yeah. Okay. And, and, the, and the biggest thing, what is it? It's prayer, right? Yeah. When you start praying. Yeah. And so for an individual, just talking to an individual right now who might be addicted to drugs, mm-hmm. what you need to do, regardless of the shame, regardless of the condemnation, yeah. regardless of what you've done, is you need to get on your knees. You need to start crying out to yeah. God. Yeah. Because when you cry out to God, he's going to touch you in a way that, that nobody else could do. You can go to a come thousand on. churches, right? Starts with but prayer. But it, it only happens when you get on your knees on. and you come into a place where you commune God. with the Holy Spirit. Yes, and so wh- whoever's out there right now, I just believe that I'm speaking to somebody. If you're dealing with drug addiction right now, yep. you need to get on your knees and you need to say, Lord, I, I need your help. Yep. And you're going to feel the Holy Spirit. He's going to come. He's going to touch you and he's going to affirm you even when you don't deserve it. And that's the contrast that breaks the chains of addiction where you feel like that you're far away from God. You feel like that nobody can touch you, but the Holy Spirit comes and say, hey, regardless of what you're doing, hey, I still love you. I've got a plan for your life. I've got a destiny for your life. And you're going to hear the Holy Spirit speak that to you. So I want to encourage you, if you're dealing with drug addiction, you need to get on your knees wherever you're at. You need to get people around you yes. that can love you because that is the antidote. It's the love of Jesus. Come that on. says, hey, man, you're you're doing against my will, but hey, I still love you in spite. And his love overtakes yep. whatever you're doing. You need to allow Jesus Christ to love you. Oh, come on, God. Believe the listen, gospel. Listen up, listen up. Not Don't listen to the media. Don't listen to CNN.com that says that there's no hope in the meth hell of Fresno. No, listen to the word of God. Listen to Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. The word was God. Jesus Christ, the word of God. Listen to the voice of God. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and another they will not follow. Don't follow CNN. Follow Christ. Follow Jesus and the word of God. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 7 to 9, he said, as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. That's us. We have freely received. We have been set free. We have been given the comforter. We are the comforters. We have been given the savior, the deliverer, and we are called to go. We cry out to God. Oh, God, help Fresno. Deliver Fresno from meth. Deliver Fresno from drug addiction. Well, brothers and sisters, let's let's rise up. Let's go. As he said, go and preach. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's us. We're talking kingdom talk here every Saturday from 12 to 1 on 1550 KXEX. The best talk in town. Yes, we're talking about deliverance and hope in Fresno from drug addiction. Call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved, you and your house. So please continue. Yes, continue in prayer. Let's all fall on our knees. Let's all call upon the name of the Lord and ask him to refresh us, to fill us once again. Dom, it's a pleasure having you and a privilege to have you here on Kingdom Talk Radio. We'll be talking again, I'm sure soon. I'm looking forward to going out there with you and bringing the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ and setting the captives free. Yes, let's trust in Christ. Let's believe the gospel of the kingdom and go forth in faith and confidence in Jesus' name. God bless you all. Enjoy your Saturday. Talk to you next week.